Hello everybody, good evening. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, joining me this evening, um, we have John Anderson. Good evening, John. Evening, folks. And Ian Hay. Hello. It's far too damn hot today. It's not breezy, but uh, it was breezy, but I went out for a walk. It was uh, uh, I was clapping. Is that just is it not are you not confusing it being hot outside, Ian, with you just going outside? Quite possibly. Yeah, I've seen how pale I am. <laughs> no, well, last time Ian was outside was the, the winter of '83. So I did enjoy that people it's watching live American dads where they get stuck in the well. Look <laughs> <laughs> like that guy. Yeah. People may who've uh, tuned in live may have just caught the end of Ian searching for uh, the most appropriate lighting. It's still line. not working. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of weird sort of anemic blue glow to me. That's, uh, we've we've had nice new darlings put in this room, so I, I, look, I don't look as pale and pasty as I normally. It's given me you, quite a nice you're looking, quite... you're looking mighty color, Cammy. Like, I know it's good. Like you're, you're 4K Ultra HD. <laughs> it's quite. This must be quite alarming for people that normally just kind of see my fuzzy, <laughs> fuzzy unfocused face. Um. Anyway, yes. Um. If you are listening to us, um. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere that you can get your podcasts. You can also watch us live um, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. So to hello to everybody who's watching live now. Um, it's uh, Andy Lone, regular watcher. Uh, Good every evening, week. Andy. Every, every week, Andy. Week. Loyal Brilliant. listener, Andy. Um, is here um, watching with us this evening. So if you are watching live, you can jump in the comments, and we will pick up the best of them. Um, and answer any queries that you have. Um, the big announcement we've got, um, we didn't do a podcast last week because I was away and uh, there wasn't, well, there hadn't really been any rugby either to talk about. But the big thing that we have to announce is we have got the big club dinner 2021. People may have seen details of this already, um, but we've got a slightly different take on it this year. So last year we did the big club dinner and we asked everyone to donate to your local clubs send them the cost of a pint of beer or a night out and also donate to My Name's Doddy as well. Uh, and we got a few um, celebrities to do some speeches. We had Squidge, we had Doogie Donnelly. I still can't believe we got Doogie Donnelly. Legendary Doogie Donnelly speech. One of the best club dinner speeches in history. It was, it was unbelievable. Spectacular. He swore. It was magnificent. It was 10 in the morning and he was on the red wine. Uh, <laughs> with a cheeky bougie while making <laughs> jokes about balls hitting the mattress. So, <laughs> we're doing things slightly differently this year. Um, this year, we're going to do our own take on Taskmaster. We're calling it Dodmaster. And we've been given an official uh, go-ahead as well by, <clears throat> by little Alex Horn himself. He, he wished us good luck. Now, that's either good luck with my lawyers when I come and sue you. <laughs> Oh, good luck with the evening. I'm I'm going with good luck with the evening because he does sanction um, Taskmaster themed events, so that's good. Um, so we've got a good lineup. We've got um, we've got representatives for every nation taking part in the Lions Tour, including the Springboks. We've got five contestants. So representing the Springboks, we've got Squidge Robbie from Squidge Rugby. Um, he's representing the Squ- Springboks because he has a personal endorsement from Razio Rasmus, who said Sorry. this guy knows what he's talking about. Him and, him and Razzie are actually besties. Yeah. So so we've gone with Robbie for that. And he was Robbie was on the um, documentary, actually got onto the documentary about their World Cup win as well. So can, he's can, well can acquainted. We not, can we not change it to like English Premiership teams and he can represent Sale? <laughs> 
I'll 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 nick that joke for the night, Ian. Um <laughs> Sale is mainly South Africans, so it's a good <laughs> South there, there was one of there was one of rugby passes better memes this week where they had a picture of Chris Hemsworth. Um and you know, it's a picture of Chris Hemsworth walking along with his son. And Chris Hemsworth has skipped many leg days. And it just had a picture the upper body was labelled sail with the South Africans, and his lower skinny legs were labelled sail without South Africans. <laughs> it was incredibly accurate. Those arms um, are ridiculous. So we also have four um, four contestants representing the four nations. The power of coming together, to the power of four. Uh, we've got representing Scotland, friend of the pod, Johnny McGinty, is representing Scotland. Uh, we've got Sam Lana, who was on the pod previously, uh, is representing Ireland. Just because I, I couldn't get hold of anybody Irish, so Sam's agreed to step in. <laughs> Apparently, his his grandfather rescued an Irishman during the war. So that's I mean that's we're going with that. That's good credentials right there. That's fine. That'll do. And um, we've got Steph Prosser, who again previously on the podcast for Rock and Roll Rugby podcast, he's representing Wales. And then we've got Lee from the Blood and Mud podcast is going to be representing England. So along the bottom of the screen now, if you go just giving, um, and you search for Dodmaster, you can donate to the evening. So we're raising money for my name's Doddy. Um, if you go to that page and then find contestants, one of the tasks they have been set is to raise the most money. That's the one task we're making public. So whoever raises the most money between now and the evening will win points on the evening for that. So you can go and find the person representing the nation of your choice, i.e. Johnny. Basically, you want to be donating to Johnny McGinty to listen to this podcast. Um, and so you can raise the most money. So we're up to £500 already as a combined effort, which is very impressive. So let's see if we can get higher before the, the night itself. Um, other details of the tasks will, will, will remain secret until the evening. But they are lots and lots. I've seen one entry already, and it's going to be lots of fun. We wouldn't be a, a taskmaster or a dodmaster without some dodmasters either. And we've got not one but three on the night. John, you are going to be one of our dodmasters. I am, how you, yes. How are you feeling about it? I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I always find these sort of things, laughing at other people's expense is one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. So, I mean. And scoring them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's like I'll get to sit in judgment, drink beer, and take the piss out of people. What more do I need? What a wonderful evening for you. And we've also got um we've also got um Bruce Hson from Happiness is Egg Shape. He's gonna be one of our Dodmasters and and Josh the gardener from, from the Blood and Mud podcast as well. Now if anybody thinks that Josh is gonna be conflicted um with, with Lee being on there, doesn't know doesn't know Josh and Lee very well, given especially given that Lee's representing England. Could you have picked a more horrible three, though? Like we, are, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Josh, Josh is pretty dry. Let's be honest. Yeah, I can be a bit, I, and I mean, Bruce is Bruce is like the super nicest guy in the world. So maybe Bruce is the he's the, hoping, he's the balance. I'm, oh, that's that's why I chose Bruce. I'm hoping his his relentless positivity kind of raises <laughs> <laughs> raises us. He's just going to give maximum points to everyone for effort. Well, that's why I've got a very specific scoring place, scoring uh, point system in place, Ian, so he can't. <laughs> he'll still work it. You know what? He'll just rotate them so that it's all, you know, it balances out. Yeah, everybody gets sure everything. Yeah, yeah. Me, me, me and Josh will keep none them of, in stu- None of this nil point, nil point. Yeah. So we also, on the evening, uh, we're hoping to have some uh, special guests reading out the tasks as well. Um, we've got Scott Hastings lined up so far, and we've got a couple of other 
people in the fire. Some very, um, hopefully, some a couple of former lions are going to be joining us to do that. So it's very exciting. So if you um, want more details, go to the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Uh, there's details there of how you can subscribe and watch on the evening. It'll be live at 8.30, Friday the 25th of June, and uh, you'll be able to watch it back afterwards as well, um, up until the 31st of August, and that's when uh, donations will close. So we're very excited about that. Um, the other bits and bobs of news. Should we, do you want to start with, should we start with Dragons in Glasgow first? Uh, aye, can do. How, I mean, there wasn't an Edinburgh game to talk of, so. No, there's not. I mean, to be fair, that's what you can ignore. You can legitimately ignore Edinburgh this week, John and Ian. Uh, <laughs> and does it not look like we can ignore them next week as well? Because Ulster at the moment have got a massive COVID outbreak. I thought Edinburgh, so both teams Edinburgh, have now got a massive COVID. Edinburgh have got, Edinburgh have got one player, I believe. Edinburgh have got one player, yeah. One becomes seven so quickly, as you've seen from the Scotland football camp, though. True. So, well, so Ulster have got an outbreak as well. Yes, um, I do not have it to hand. I'd have to Google it, but um, yeah, I think they've had four or five players tested positive, and obviously they've got the sort of close contacts and all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, they've had to shut off all training. I believe. Same thing. So do we? Do, we don't know. I think at this point what the rules are with the Rainbow Cup. With uh, it's no nils. They, no, no. They mark them as no, no, yeah. They mark them as no, no, but if there's fault, they give the points to, I believe they give the points to the team that's not at fault. So they give them the the match points, they give them four points, but they don't give them a bonus point. So, so how are they So how are they determining fault then? It'd be whoever's not followed protocol or if... So, it's only, so they have to establish a breach of protocol. Or if I'll serve... Yeah, general. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine that would be the case, but yeah, I would. In this case, I mean, Ulster have had more cases, so I would imagine. Are they allowing it? Are they scoring it nil nil because the Rainbow Cup is a pointless competition? Well, you could argue that. <laughs> it depends on the res- depends on the result versus Leinster next week uh, or this week coming, whether it's a pointless competition or not. But I mean, at the moment, it still is a pointless competition. If we are going to talk about the Rainbow Cup, I, need to, I do need to play the, the Rainbow Cup theme tune yes! as well. Here we go. There you go. Come for the come for the rugby. Stay for the eighties <laughs> children's cartoon references. <laughs> stay for the nostalgia. <laughs> um, so there's, there's seven players definitely missing for Ulster this weekend, um, and then they've got a bunch of other players injured. So Darren McFarland said they're down to the bare bones in training. So it could be a kids team. Also, they are also bottom or second bottom of the. Like, let's see. The Rainbow Cup week table. So and the, so. the bottom of the of the European side of the Rainbow Cup. The North. Then yeah. So they are the three points after four games played. Rainbow North. It's always, always got the Rainbow North. <laughs> Rainbow North and Rainbow South. How many? <laughs> so is that not just the top colours? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Benetton are red. And whatever South African Richard of York gave battle in vain. Yeah. Red versus Violet. Yeah. 
Um, when, when, I, when I went to Sainsbury's uh, today, I considered buy, buying uh, bottles of cider or beer with the labels, which would give the representation of the Rainbow Cup because it's also Pride Month. And I thought it would annoy Gammons. So, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and we do like to do that. We are fans of that. We do, we do have that. You don't need Hope an excuse. To, you don't need an excuse to buy cider, Ian. Um, You're yeah, a grown but, man. Uh, yeah, but to get, to get all the different colours of of labels, it would. Rona would have killed you if you dropped up with seven different ciders of different colours. <laughs> Not after after flagons, you. maybe. But if they're just bottles, it'd be fine. Just we we donkey but, donkey ones. We find it. See, it's it. I went for a I went for a bottle of rosé. Because uh, oh, Rona ooh. likes a rosé, so I've got a pretty... It's not very nice, to be honest. Um, no rosé is. No, it's no. a fact, actually, yeah. 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 It's kind of like a... It's a halfway house. It's basically... It's like the Christine's, Christine of Wines. It's like a halfway house between really, really, really terrible wine and amazing wine. It's just kind of bang in the middle, bang average, doesn't do anything for you. It's like the drip tree. They've collected all the drip trees of wine and poured it into a bottle. <laughs> it's a great selling point. You might as well just have alcohol pops and be done with. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Blue wicked, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Glasgow versus Dragons. Have Glasgow have Glasgow decided to start trying just because the competition's pointless? Is that what's happened, or <laughs> have they no. have they finally clicked, John? No, they haven't. They haven't, and they made utterly horrendous work of putting away what was a distinctly rubbish Dragons team. Yes, they got the bonus point and yes, the headline is three on the three in a row, all bonus points, whoop, whoop, whoop. We're still relying so heavily on individual brilliance from players. Apart from that team try, which let's, we'll touch on that in a minute, George Turner is, you know, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, just driving those players forward. They're relying on individual brilliance and there's still no game plan. There's still no semblance of a game plan. It's all just individual plays. And when they come up against an organised team who are not Edinburgh with no game plan whatsoever or the Dragons who are rubbish, they're going to come unstuck. And I think, like, I really hope that Leinster can't be bothered this weekend. Because <laughs> if they can be, we're in trouble. I mean, 12 penalties conceded again. I mean, I think when you get, you're in trouble when you're getting into double figures with penalties. So they say, but, you know, with the the updating laws, I mean, I mean, start of the Premiership, you're looking at some teams getting, like, over 20 a game. Well, 12 is um, a huge improvement for Glasgow as well, because we've been yeah. we've been in the 20s the last and, couple of weeks. And nobody gets in mid, did they? I, I don't think. No. No, there was, was, there was a thing where there was a change. Xander Z- nearly did. Xander nearly did, didn't he? Aye. I, you... I mean, I'd, I'd like to yell him for that, man. He's, he's he's about four inches away from getting his hand out and doing a like a proper legal fend. Um, I, 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 I think I think even a penalty was maybe a bit harsh. Um, I think if Xander had he been picked for the Lions, then he would have been sent bent and he would have been cited. I reckon had he not had a Lions tour to look forward to very soon, the, the referee would not have taken that approach win. Um, very good, Cam. Very, very good. <laughs> yeah. 
no, I mean, seriously, though, like, all the things he was doing, all the things he was talking about, he was leading towards, and the TMO, by the way, that was disgraceful from the TMO. Really try to drive him down the route of, no, he really wanted to be red card in this guy. Um, I think the referee would have went down that route if he wasn't aware of the connotations of, right, we know that players get red carded, they generally get two, three weeks now, regardless mm. of the biscuits. So it's, yeah, I, I just think it probably came into his mind and, you know, seems I mean, to be reasonable. You, know, you, don't, you don't want to be getting, you don't want to end up, real, you know, ruining your Lions two chances based on a Rainbow Cup appearance, do you? No, I think you'll probably see that the guys will not be playing against Leinster. Yeah. The Glasgow boys in fact will not be playing against Leinster. Yeah. Uh, Ian, how are you feeling about Glasgow at the minute? Is it is disjointed as John suggests? Or is there a, can you see any semblance of a game plan? Kind of. Um, I think it was just one of those things where things clicked, uh, but obviously the, the slight reduction in number of penalties conceded and the fact that we managed to keep 15 men on the pitch for the whole game uh, was nice. Um, what was what I think my main takeaway from it was that Glasgow's problem, like all season, is that we have, we've usually had a man in the bin and round about half-time, we've switched off just before half-time and just after half-time. And this week it was the other way about. Um, <laughs> nice to see. Um, I don't know. Just, see, this thing, I, I get called cynical. John's far more cynical than I am. Uh, <laughs> but also, we need to consider you know, there's, they haven't had a lot of game time together, especially Ross Thompson's come in. And let's be honest, like, I mean, this is one thing that I will hold a grudge against Danny Wilson for why he continued to pick Brandon Thompson over Ross Thompson. Um, shall we see the hapless Brandon Thompson? Uh, uh, I mean, I think he's he's gone now. He's gone now, and yeah, I think yeah. we could. Uh, as much as I would, yeah, I think I think the ending to his Glasgow career was fairly tragic. So hapless, aye. The 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 fresh the the recently departed Brandon Thompson. Uh, but otherwise, it has. Well, it's actually been the. I've often derided the fact that the experienced players haven't shown up, uh, but it was the likes of Turner, Price, Ryan Wilson, who's actually come on to a game in the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Up and maybe, maybe, Danny Wilson is starting to get some cohesion together. But yeah, it's, I mean, I hate to be old, but he, he has had a tough time with it. But yeah, it's because he's not going to sign anyone to do But now there's some good players in there. Uh, we know who's going next year. So I, I, I really think that we need to give him a couple of months with like sort of going in and as long as Cole Forbes keeps playing. Um we might be decent next year, but Yeah. I thought Ryan Wilson and uh, it was interesting because he's looked massively off the pace. He's one of those players that's looked off the pace, but he was really he tight he put in some really big quick hits. He looked kind of looked back to what can we know Ryan Wilson can do? I don't know whether, and, and you know, as captain, that's who you're looking to to kind of lead from the front. So it's I don't know whether it's the the younger guys around him are re-energising him a little bit, or whether he's been given a a kick up the bum. I think it looked it did look a wee bit like some of the senior players who weren't involved in the Scotland camp. And obviously, Ryan Wilson did end up getting a cap in the Six Nations, <laughs> but 
inexplicably. <laughs> like, but it did look a wee bit like some of those senior players who weren't with Scotland had been told, guys, really, <clears throat> we need to be... If you want to be hanging around here any length of time, you need to be shipping up now. We need to be starting to see something from you because we've got lots of new boys coming in and if you've got to the end of the season, it was almost like an ultimatum. You've got to the end of the season to show me what you've got. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting behind uh, these new boys when they come in. But I guess my concern is, and I, I agree with you in some ways, Ian, I think there's... You know, it's almost like it's clicking, but it's clicking individually. I don't, I don't, I still don't like. If you were to ask me what is Glasgow's brand of play, we've always known what Glasgow's brand of play was. We always know what they did. You couldn't really put your finger on it anymore, necessarily, because it's so all over the place at times. I suppose but, the difference is though that you've got, you've still got them kind of playing what's in front of them in the backs, but the the, the forwards seem to have lost the soft underbelly a wee bit. They're playing much... The pack itself seems harder, for want of a better expression. I mean, Rory Darge coming in and playing the way he plays, I mean, unbelievable that Ember have let him go in a way. I mean, you can understand because he's pretty much like someone's cloned, literally cloned Hamish Watson because he's got a headband and everything. And pretty much a more sensible version of Hamish Watson's haircut. <laughs> But that's where Hamish Watson gets his power from. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the thing, though. You look at Edinburgh's back row options. So we've talked about Luke Crosby before. He's now up at 50 Edinburgh performances, uh, sort of appearances. Um, but then you know, he's got Watson, Richie, Mata, and all that in front of him. Um, that's uh, it's quite. It's almost like the Scotland football team having you know too many good left backs. <laughs> and we've just, we've just got loads of good back rows. Um, I tell you, one guy who has made a massive impact since he's gone back, Kyle Stain. Oh yes, oh dabbing. yes. I, I, like I was used to thinking, like when he was hitting peak form last year or whenever last season, whenever last season started, probably like four <laughs> years ago. Uh, it was fifteen months ago when he was uh, playing in. So yeah, a while yeah, back. Um, yeah, he's you know I was. I, th- I thought maybe he'd be better outside centre, but he's because de- he, his defensive qualities are very good, and he's a good finisher. He, he's hard. He's a hard boy, and nearly swore. Um, but he's he's made a massive impact since he come back. So if we can keep him fit, that's going to be a massive bonus. So I am slightly looking forward to next season, um, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. And obviously, there's been the coaching sort of overhaul as well with Kelly Brown, Tammy Lee. We touched on this the last time around, didn't we, John? When we had Craig on, is that the the coaching situation at Glasgow is looking a a, a little bit dire? That you've you've you know you've got Danny Wilson, but then to lose two coaches, I mean, yeah. to apparently to homesickness, and you know it's strange times. It's coronavirus, and you can understand people maybe change their plans and stuff. But to lose two coaches in one would suggest that they didn't see much they wanted to stick around for in Glasgow, or there was nothing keeping them there. Yeah, made them want yeah. to stay, I suppose. And you know, right? So, if we're going to be honest about it, coaches coaches are part of a part of an organisation for two reasons. One, they see a succession plan into a role that is a better role for them within that, or they see a development plan, or two, they enjoy working with the manager they're working with. Now, if both coaches have walked 
for whatever reason, then you know there has to be questions. Now, I, I suggested that perhaps they didn't even walk. Perhaps Glasgow's subpar performance this season has led to some very frank discussions that have said, you know what, actually, we brought you up here and you're not good enough. So, goodbye. And, or oh, you're homesick, that's going to work out really well in terms of PR. But it could just be that they were very homesick and they wanted to go. Um, but I think there needs to be investment now in the next batch of club coaches coming through. And the same goes for Edinburgh as well. And we touched on it with Craig that actually some of the coaches Edinburgh have got, thinking, sadly, thinking Duncan Hodge, whilst he's staying inexplicably, they're not good enough. They're not good enough for the programme. They're not They're not going to go on to be international coaches. They're not going to go on to be head coaches. So it's time to cut your losses and try somebody else. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting seeing Pete, Pete Holm was water, water carrier on, um, you know, during the Dragons game and he seemed to be passing on instructions and he's taken over, well, I can't remember what club he's... Air. It's not Hawks. Air. 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 He's going he's, with Pat McCarthy. George Horn was asked actually on one of those promo videos he was asked about who who's going to make who out of the group of players is going to be the next Scotland coach or a Scotland coach and he said my brother Pete he's got a great brain on him yeah well that was something that was um Dave Rennie said wasn't he, he said that Pete Holm was one of the most intelligent players he's ever worked with yep yeah he's, he's yeah. the Joshua Kimmich of Scottish rugby <laughs> he's the Pep Guardiola of Scottish rugby That's, uh, can you imagine Pete rocking up, fresh from retirement, going, right, we're going to start playing. Uh, we're going to play Pete Ball. Here we go, guys. <laughs> so, uh, this is the, the horn philosophy, the horn, the horny philosophy. What's the what's the Pete Horn philosophy? Chuck it 20 yards behind you to nobody? Uh, that's well, harsh. Uh, that's brutal, Cam. Brutal. <laughs> it's the, I always remember Pete Horn purely for the sneaky try against Australia. Yeah, from the rock. That is intelligent he, play. He did that against Wales as well when we got. He pumped. did, yeah. He's, Aye. You know, he is, he's one of these. Obviously, he's a sort of. This is why I didn't like him at ten because I'm like, he seems to think about stuff too much. <laughs> if he's at twelve, he's got that extra wee seconds. He's like, right now, I've what I've worked everything out. It's like you know, gone into your mind palace about how, <laughs> you know, how, how that attack should go. Um, but you know, we've, so there's Dave Rennie's, you know, praised him. Uh, for that, Fern Russell said he was his favourite guy to have outside him because Jake Warren would just be shouting instructions at him. And then Finn can go, because I'm mental, I'm going now. I'm not going to listen. Um, no, well, he, he was in... he instantly pick the the option he thinks best. Where, where yeah, I mean, he that, he was part of that absolutely amazing Hugh Jones try against South Africa, wasn't he? I think he, too, he passed the ball twice in that whole movement, yeah, yeah. just off, constantly offloading. And, and scored it, finished it off. Yeah. Speaking of constantly offloading, whew, <laughs> that Glasgow try. Mm. Yep, that was exciting. Clocks in the red, and then you sucker punch them. Um, yeah, it was tremendous. Of course, Moriarty should have been off before that anyway. <laughs> uh, oh. then, I think it was. It may have been Pete Horn who actually said to Ryan Wilson, "By the way, you should captain's challenge that." And then he speaks to the ref, and he's like, it's "Too late." Um, it's, past, it's been longer than twenty seconds. With us, Andy, Andy Loans said, uh, I was going to say this for hands in the but Andy says, Captain's Challenge are ridiculous in the Rainbow Cup. They, they absolutely are. They absolutely I are. 
nobody likes him. Um, no. Danny Wilson's been criticising him. I was watching, I was actually watching the highlights uh, yeah. just before we started. Um, did you see the, the Munster Cardiff game at all? No. Did you see how that ended? So that ended up be a captain's challenge. Uh, Blues were on the attack um, with with the potential to win the game. They're in sort of round about the, the Munster 22. Uh, was it maybe Thomas Williams that was come on at scrum off? He's rolled the ball back at the ruck at Sanders challenged it. But then, see, at the very end, you hear the Cardiff captain speaking to Andrew Brace on the mic. And Andrew Brace, is, you can actually hear him going, I don't like it either. No, I don't like this captain's <laughs> challenge. Nobody <laughs> likes the captain's challenge. It's making games last two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is not... Aye, the, I mean, the pointless. It just, like I said, it drags it out. It kind of, it just kind of takes the, it, it takes the kind of climax and crescendos out of matches as well. There was, there was one, wasn't there as well, where during the Glasgow game, where they've went to do a captain's challenge, they've been told they can, but then the TMO, because it's been flagged, the TMOs then went, oh, I'll have a wee look at that. Oh, wait a second, yeah. yeah. And that is, Scandal. Yeah, I think that was that was the Forbes try. Um, uh, yeah, Turner, yeah. Turner had knocked Utterly it on. Scandalous. Yeah. Utterly scandalous. And oh, we don't like to make things easy for ourselves in rugby, do we? Like, how do we fix it? Or do we? Because the team would miss that first up. Do we have yeah. more? You just get rid. Of, you just get rid of it. You do just we? have to accept that human beings are fallible. And sometimes they'll make mistakes. And sometimes they'll make mistakes, and that's part of the. <laughs> That's part of the fun and the enjoyment. As much as we all moan about referees and moan about TMO decisions, part of the fun and the enjoyment you get out of sport is that referees and TMOs will make mistakes and they'll read things wrong and we'll all have a really good argument afterwards about whether who was right and who was wrong. And that's fine. It's not we're not unless you're going to move to a position where you can get computers to start refereeing sports matches, there's there's just no point. Yeah. Tell you what, one decision really ground my gears uh, was when <laughs> the penalty got reversed against Tom Lambert for rubbing Aaron Jarvis's head. Yes, we see that countless times in games all the time, and that was just that was just a mind to me. Was that a captain's challenge? No, no, that was just no. Was that touch judge? Um, I, I, I said on Twitter like Maro Toji does that week in week out. Um, constantly, yep. he did it to John Barkley once. John Barkley told him to go away in no uncertain terms, <laughs> uh, and then Matthew Raynal reversed the penalty because John Barkley swore. Um, so it's a bit silly, isn't it? The, uh, yeah, it's the one. It was reversed for escalation, and we've seen that a couple of weeks running now, where penalties have been like, "Well, you've done this," however, you've then escalated it by reacting to the fact you've just you've been... ruffled you've ruffled his hair yeah and you know it's like <sighs> there really has to like referees are being I, I get like what you're getting trying to do <clears throat> manage the spectacle and change player behavior and I get that but I, it's not consistent and if players are going to if any escalation point is going to be penalized and the penalty reversed then enforce that across the board Sort out that Roman Platt I told you. Sort out guys like that and deal with it there and then. Otherwise, just leave it alone. There was a scrum that happened a few minutes earlier, um, which Glasgow on a penalty at, and you, you saw Ryan Wilson flip the birds at Ross Moriarty. How come? Surely then, if you're going to penalise Tom Lambert, 
should you not have penalised Ryan Wilson? <sighs> We're getting into the press, kind of getting into pearl clutching and won't somebody think of their children? <laughs> what's going to what's going to happen when our children watch this and start ruffling each other's hair on a rugby pitch? <laughs> Copying their heroes. That's it, yeah, yeah. Tapping each other on the heads after a... Aye. Hashtag, hashtag let the boys play. Let the boys ruffle here. <laughs> Where's your klaxon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, Glasgow looking in serious danger of actually um, qualifying <laughs> for the uh, Rainbow the po- Cup playoffs. The pointless, pointless Rainbow Cup. Isn't Danny, Wilson on, isn't Danny Wilson on record and saying he doesn't want to win it? <laughs> Probably miss that one. <laughs> Probably. Oh, set expectations too high. Is that <laughs> I think it's just isn't it just that the world will be it's getting played when the Lions are well no they're not probably gonna play the the Lions anyway, but I think it's just it's a long season otherwise. Yeah, can understand that. And I mean a pointless trip to Italy just now seems fairly Yeah. Although it'll be silverware. It'll be like when Scotland won the Karen Cup. Over in Japan. <laughs> well, the, nation, well the, the 2009 Nation, we won the 2009 Nations Cup. We did, yeah. I know we're going back to defend that, aren't we? Um, back to take on Romania and Georgia once more. Yeah. Um, so I think that's all we've got. Well, one more point. Um, Gordon McCracken says he's gutted. Uh, look at two, he's going. <clears throat> How do you feel about that, you two? <clears throat> Certainly been better than well, less red cardy than TG Ioanni. Um You know, Lockerbie's played well. Uh, I quite like him, um, but Jack Dempsey's coming in. Uh, obviously, that's you know that's a that's quite a big money signing. Um, so it's maybe just no room at the end. Um, but no, he's he's performed very well, um, or better than most, shall we say? Uh, so yeah, good luck to him at Asian. Um but it's maybe just not enough room for him and it well to appease the possibly older generations it means that they're it'll give a young Scottish boy a chance we've <laughs> <laughs> also had uh, Nico and Alex Allen have announced their away as yeah, well do you want to I mean do you want to pay tribute to to Nico uh, I, I mean I've got my chair here <laughs> <laughs> Just stand on your chair again, and we've got the Chris Fizarro. Was did you discuss that last? Uh, we did. Where did it? Well, we had because Craig's Craig plays for Howard Five, so we, oh, yeah. we we had a, a proper a proper kind of tribute to Chris Fizarro two weeks you, ago. Yeah. I can't remember if that was older. If uh, on the off chance that anyone's a Warriors season like older, and the email went into your spam. Um, there's a Zoom meeting thing about Chris Fizarro and Tommy Seymour, sort of wee oh, retirement nice. party. Um, I ha- which I haven't signed up for yet. I forwarded yep. up on the, my, my pal who has the other ticket that I, I pay for. But um, yeah, Sarah and Seymour. Um, so if you haven't signed up for that and you want to check your spam box, well, that's uh, a that's a lovely touch. Mm-hmm. It's good. We missed out a few last season. There was a few heads went away without us being able to say bye. So that's that's really good. And I think like Nico could still do a job somewhere. It's just the age profile of Glasgow backs needs to come down. Um, he he has been first time round. He was well. I mean, he was the original, the 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 OG Fiji Fiji, wasn't he? Um, and he set. He was so much part of what Glasgow were trying to do at that time, and that he was utter chaos 
from either nine or on the wing. Just complete and utter madness. And he this time round, he's, he's again, he's added something. He's added a bit of depth to the squad. He's obviously not been at the level he was when he left first time round, but he's done he's, he's done good things. I'll always remember the <coughs> the Nick Greg try. Yes. Um, oh my God, that was just the most... Nick, it was peak Nico <laughs> just utterly burned a whole defence. Could have ran it in himself, but went, you know what? No, I can't be bothered. And Nick Greg's ran all this way with me. <laughs> and he looks like he wants to try. So... In classic Mad Nico style, have some sun on you go. He's probably still feeling guilty for that time he nicked Hogg's hat trick try. <laughs> no, I was going to say that. Do you remember when he raced Hogg? That was, <laughs> was when Hogg was about to leave as well. Did you remember how yeah. angry he was? Oh, bless. Yeah, so, yeah. Was, we still have a grass pitch back then. Because ah, yeah, yeah. they both slid for miles. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh. uh, if, if anybody has missed this, I think it's uh, it might be either a rugby pass thing or an um, interview with Ryan Wilson talking about his the first Nico Matawalo's first Christmas in, in the UK when he took him down to Essex to meet his family and Nico Matawalo spent the entire weekend absolutely smashed. That sounds well worth looking. I'll try and pull. I can find. It. I'll put a link on Twitter to that. So I, th- I think the, the one on Twitter that I think really kind of summed it up, probably just to finish up on Nico, was lots of people sharing the thing that you say the you say the name Nico Matalawu to a Glasgow fan or to a rugby fan and they smile, and that that summarises it. He he puts a smile on rugby fans' faces and particularly Glasgow fans' faces. Um, he has been part of so many memories for us and he will go with again our big smiles but best wishes and just an amazing Glasgow servant yeah um, the other news um, <laughs> we salute there from Ian and John for our audio listeners um, the other news is we uh, Mike Blair the um, it's being described as inter- interim head coach sounds weird because it's, that sounds like there's going to be a new head coach. It's take caretaker, 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 Scotland coach Mike Blair has announced his uh, his squad of 37 player squad for the summer series. Um, all are going to be available for the A fixture on the 27th of June, and then it's going to be a smaller squad of 29, I think, are going to go and play full internationals against Romania and Georgia on the 10th and 17th of July. So my understanding is that the A game is not a capped fixture, but will still capture anybody that plays in it under the World Rugby Rules for eligibility because Scotland have designated the A team as their, as a capturing side. But you won't get a cap if you play. So you're in a, some players are going to be in a situation, we'll come on to some of those players that might be affected by this, in a situation where you may be selected to play against England, not get a cap, but then be bound to Scotland. It's classic Bantage picks again, isn't it? <laughs> you were suggesting you had um, you had some dubious thoughts regarding some of the banter picks, Cam. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, well, the, it's it's the classic thing with the Scotland squad being announced is that you know we we are not we're, we're, we're rugby fans on this podcast, but we're not geeks to the extent we don't know every single Scottish qualified player playing. Do you know even within the British Isles, let alone why you know further afield, 
I know some people out there, you know, do that and they follow every player's career and that's wonderful that you've got the time to do that. But we haven't. So like everybody else, we sit there on the Scotland squad announcement day and we go, who dat? <laughs> every time. Every, every single time. time. And we have to get on Wikipedia and Google and figure out who the hell some of these guys are. Because, and hope to be you honest, haven't been there first. To be honest, <laughs> Robin Hislop sounds like a disgraced Tory MP from the 80s. <laughs> That was my first. That was my first reaction to Robin Hislop, <laughs> or a, or a Telegraph journalist. That's what he sounded like. I mean, it does have that kind of classic vibe about it, doesn't it? Like, yeah, the the blue wall of England. Javan Sebastian, I had as a. I, I'm pretty sure I saw him support. I am Clute in the 2000s. <laughs> Didn't we acoustic set? Signed to yeah. Twisted Nerve for a, for an EP, and then uh, when he got signed to Ireland, he really struggled to deliver his debut album. That's 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 the image I got when I when I heard that name. Yeah, the other Nick, one was Nick, uh, Nick Otterack. Nick Otterack sounds yeah, well, like I don't know. It sounds like the kind like a first act Bond villain who's set up to be the main villain, but then dies and turns out he's the front for the main villain who appears in that, Act Three. I was going to say, it sounds like someone. It sounds like the Sommelier on like Saturday Kitchen. Or something like that. <laughs> well, that's better than mine. <laughs> wines with Nick Otterack. Wines of the world. <laughs> There's your wiki page, Cam. Go. <laughs> I was thinking he sounds like he spends his summers going back to Jersey, driving about in a Triumph Roadster, solving crimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, they're all strong. They're all strong. Yeah. I mean, Josh, when Josh Bayliss has been announced before, but I think he sounds like a posh comedian. Yeah, possibly friends with your your uh, thingy Whitehall. Yeah, that kind of that kind of set. Um, it also like the name Bayless to me kind of really invokes Californian surf rock music. So he sounds like he might be touring with Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> yeah. So that was yeah. So there was a bit of who that. Now the interesting things with it is. That they are, are they all? In fact, they're all props. So Nick Oterak, Robin Hislop, and Javan Sebastian are all front row forwards. Now, Nick Oterak, I think, is 29. No, Robin Hislop is. Hislop's 29, Oterak's 28, and Sebastian's 28. Uh, wow. Hislop and Oterak are loose heads, and uh, Javan, is it Javan or Javan? I don't even know. <laughs> uh, he's he's tight head. Uh, usually, but he he had a he had a season at Glasgow and never played. I think he played most of the time at Air. Yeah, he was yeah. he was one of the lesser spotted props that we had at that point, yeah. alongside multiple. Uh... There you go. <laughs> Martin Bell says Nick Otterack was a character in Blake Seven. Nice. The the thing is for me, I mean, I don't, I kind of get it because I forgot Mike when Mike Blair was being interviewed. He said it's only two years to the World Cup, and I think in my head it's still four because of coronavirus time's just meaningless now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so still. I'm I'm thinking you're calling up a 29 year old. He's going to be well past it by the time we get to the World Cup, without realizing it's only in two years time. So actually he's only be 31. Um, Robin Hislop signed for Wasps. I think recently he's been playing most of his time down in the Championship. He signed for Wasps recently, and I think there there is that argument, isn't it, that props come into their own in their late twenties early 30s so there I, I suppose there is an element of just seeing what these guys are about well if you think about it as well and i was just doing a wee bit of frantic googling there wpnl only qualified age 29 
Yeah. So I think he, I think he did. I think it's different though because WP Nell came over to Scotland with the desire to qualify for playing for Scotland by the yeah. age, of, you know, and, and he knew he was going to do that. And he came across, I think, with with a certain pedigree. I don't think that I mean, Robin Hill's, I think, a Scotland under twenties player. But he's been playing most of the time in the championship. You know, WP now was playing top flight South African rugby when he came over. It was quite highly thought of. Um, there we go. Gordon McCrack pointed out that well, Dave Perry didn't become the best player in the world until he was 30. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I do think, you know, Nick Otarak's been kicking around for a while and been, you know, promised to be the next big thing. I think, Ian, did you dig up something where saying that he had desires to play for England not long ago? Yeah, when he left, uh, he left Bath under a bit of a cloud. Um, I will talk about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, when he joined Harlequins, he said, yeah, obviously, you know, Joe Marlers, he's first choice, Lewis said, but I've got ambitions to play for England. Um so there's another thing for gammons get raging about if I'd actually brought my my, my cider collection of my multi uh, multi cider collection. Um, but no, he, he's had some injury issues. But so Suds, I mean, Suds took about had two years at the game with various injuries. Uh, and like you said, it seems to be that once the props seem to hit their, they know all the nasty stuff to do when they get to like 29 30. Um, I think somebody like Xander Fragerson, he's going to hit that earlier because he's been playing since he was about 17. <laughs> um, but, you know, some, especially Hislop, I think Hislop, you have to applaud him for, you know, he's, like you said, he's, he's been playing in championship level with Doncaster Knights of late. Um, but now he's, he's gone up to the big show. It's and, almost, then, and, and we're so desperate for props that, uh, right. But you, well, that, got a Scottish that's granny. All right, cool. It's almost like they've picked three that they're aware of. Because let's be honest, we, we've talked about this as a tour, it's a development tour. And some of the names, and I'll touch on this in Hands of the Ruck as well, but some of the names that are missing from the tour, who are not mm -hmm. with the British and Irish Lions, this is clearly a development tour. And as you rightly say, it's two years out from the World Cup. We potentially think that, I mean, WPNL is probably still... I mean, I would almost go as far as to say second choice tight head, because mm -hmm. I think Simon Bergen's guff. But, um, you know, you could toss a coin between the two of them, really. I still think Neil's better. So, But Neil will be 37 at the World Cup. Is he going to make the World Cup? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I mean, yes, he will, because he can still play 80 minutes and is an absolute tank, right? And loves a chicken wing, so he's going to be there. <laughs> but... But you've got Pierre oh, Schumann coming, I suppose, as well in the front row, and this other said, lads coming through. Who said? Schumann's always said. Kebbles always said. You know, uh, Jamie Batty always said. These guys that are considered to be international class at the moment are always said. We've not got. We've got Xander, and then nobody because Bergen's. He's not good enough, right? And he's coming over to Glasgow, so he's now a Glasgow player, and I get to say that he's still not good enough. Um, so it's almost like just a free hit to say, here you go, guys. Somebody show us, are you going to be second, third choice at the World Cup? Come, give us a show. See what you can do. Who's the... Who's Darcy the away to... Sorry, interrupt there. Darcy no, away to Bath, isn't he? Or that's he not a surprise. Bath, Bath. Yeah. That's not yeah. a surprise. He has been extremely poor this season. And he's been poor for a few seasons, actually. I'm... 
he's just not kicked on for me, and I think it's not surprising he's off on his joys. Who's the um, who's the young prop that Glasgow have been playing the last Tom couple Lambert. of weeks? Tom, Tom Lambert. Lambert. The, the head ruffler, Tom Lambert. Yeah. yeah. Tom, Tom Lambert, who, who held up against WPNL. Aye. Is he... In- I know, I know, he's, I know. It's probably the wrong side of the scrum then, but is he? It's. Are you guys surprised that he's not been called up for this? Because I mean, you know, Xander got called up and he's eighteen, and you look at look at him now. I think this maybe it's maybe just it's a couple of months too early. I mean, Lambert's he's just signed his first professional contract, mm. and I think you know there's there's arguments to be said. You know what you're going to get from an Ollie Cable, but I don't think so. What are you laughing at, Ian? Hey. I've just looked at the. The comment section because I've just seen like uh, Moshi Chen and Gordon McCracken have said about Kebble possibly yeah. covering tight head. I, I, I said that to you guys uh, during our private chat, I think, don't know, that, yeah, because because there's four Lucy's and two tights, two tights, um, yeah. But just the one before that, sweet Jesus is the perfect evolution of beards. <laughs> Polar nights, yes. I want to Twitch. I think the accident, some Americans sometimes accidentally stumble across us on uh, Twitch, so and I can see now looking at us on camera, yeah, it's, it is the. We need. We also need a fourth with a fuller beard. We need. I mean, I can grow, grow, grow mine out <laughs> a wee bit for us. Funny, <laughs> so uh, I went to see my mum last week. She was like, "Oh, I watched a wee bit of your podcast earlier." There's, there's a guy who looks like you, but balder. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God! Don't make me get into the whole Gene Ander hair thing. That's crazy. <laughs> Should they talk about Cameo like that? <laughs> I won't say what else she said about you, by the way, but never mind. <laughs> ah, well, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'll tell, I'll talk to you afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So what? The the squad then itself. So the, in in the forwards, I mean, it's, you've got Cameron Henderson has been called up, which I think's probably he's been playing quite well down at Leicester. Yep. Um, there's not aside from those three, there wasn't many surprises. I mean, you know, you Ashman. Has obviously thrown his lot. There was a suggestion he might go with England this this summer, but he's obviously thrown his lot in with Scotland. Um, well, give, give it Ashwin's a hooker, right? So there's four. Is it four hookers or three? Grant Stewart, George Turner, Dave Cherry, and, and Cherry's there, and so Ashwin. Four hookers. Four but hookers on two. Ashman, Ashman's coming in at the right time because you're looking at right George Turner and Dave Cherry are the the next off the ranks. On the hooker stage, you've got Fraser Brown, Stuart McAnally, who Fraser Brown's the penalty machine, and McAnally does. We're, we're, we're starting to see struggles for fitness a wee bit between the two of them. So Ashwin's maybe seen an opportunity there. If he can come in, do a wee job, maybe get himself third choice, get into a squad somewhere, and then a wee injury gets you in the park. I think there's a I think it's smart from him because you're not going to get near an England team just now. No. Hooker. I suppose the other one you've got Magnus Bradbury's come back in, which I'd be interested to see whether he ends up playing lock or back role. Mm. And then Kieran McDonald. Now it's not you know he's a lot. He's one of these players that you think. I suppose like a Damien Hoyland kind of thing. You think, oh, he's a young lad that's kicking on. Then you realise he's twenty six. Yeah, it's just he's not had these injury problems to seek. Um, but I mean, he's he's a huge guy. Was he six eight, six nine? Yeah, he's um, a big one, yeah, boy. Big he's one. he's had, he's had some back problems. This is the same with Richie Gray. I mean, I suppose if you're having to arch your back over and you know 
reach into rucks and hit those tackles. That's one thing Richie Gray. One thing you can never say about the Grey Boys is they lack work effort. <laughs> they, they they get stuck in like you won't believe. Um, but obviously, all that extra height and having like, getting smacked it's, it's probably not good for your, your spine. I'm not a physio. I wouldn't imagine so. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, this, like when he has, he's only made something like fifteen or sixteen appearances for Glasgow. According to his that is ridiculous, page. isn't it? He feel, he's been yeah. there or thereabouts for. I mean, it's felt like four or five years. Yeah, but he's only ever managed to make like maybe five games or three, then. Three, oh, that's uh, three, three games in a season. Yeah, uh, and when he's on form, though, he's such a good player. Very solid. He does. He does. He's, again, your comparison to Richie Gray is very. Very apt actually because he does a lot of the things Richie Gray does very well. He's a very good line out operator, he's very good in close contact, he'll carry hard, he'll, he'll, he'll get involved in that side of the game. Um, maybe his defensive game isn't as strong as, as I say, some other locks, but he still makes his tackles and you know, it works hard, but it's a uh, yeah, it's good to see him get a call up, and it'll be interesting to see. He'll, he'll get a cap, and we'll see how he goes. But yeah, um, I mean, he's not—he's not going to be troubling. We've got so many locks. That's the thing. We have got so many locks. The the one—I mean, do you want to talk about emissions? Now? Is your your hands in the John more to do with people's reactions to the emissions or the emissions themselves? Uh, it's more to do with the reaction. To the okay, emissions. let's park that for hands in the ruck. Now let's talk yes. about some of the emissions. Now Tom Gordon's not been called up, and I think some people have asked, particularly in our um, our we super secret social media uh, group for our patrons, um, have asked why Tom Gordon hasn't been called up. And I think if you look at the backs, although it hasn't been said, I've got a sneaky suspicion that some um, overseas uh, or players who've come from overseas to play in Scotland may have asked for time to go and visit family over the break because Jakob van der Volt's not in the backs. and would have thought he would have been assuring for a call-up. So I wonder whether or not some players, Ian, like Tom Gordon and Jakob have said, look, you know, this is one of the only chances we're going to go back, get to go back. We'll have to spend two weeks in quarantine. I'll get a couple of weeks with my family and then I'll be back in time for pre-season. So I'd rather not go on tour. Thank you very much in June. Yep, and it- it makes perfect sense. Um, they've also said that guys like, obviously, your, your Johnny Grays and that have been left out um, because he's been playing week in, week out. Well, before he got injured in Six Nations, he's been playing a lot and he will be expected to play for Exeter. And also, that guy has been playing like Xander since he was 18. Um, so there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of fatigue in those big broads battering shoulders yeah. of um, and it does like, like with all due respect to the opposition which makes it sound like I'm slagging them because I slightly am this is a <laughs> development tour uh, if we were playing anyone who is tier one um, there would be more more of the, the big boys in yeah um, but there's there are still you know experienced heads in there well Obviously, Jamie Ritchie, uh, old captain, the captain, as he is now, yeah. um, which we've all been theorising would happen for years because he's an absolute beast of a player. Uh, so he, he's getting to go, and I, I think he's he's not one of these 
he never strikes me as one of these big shouty kind of people. He's, but he's one of those captains who leads by example. Mm-hmm. And you think you see him in the trench side, you're like, right, if he's going in, I'm going in as well. Because I know he's going to, you know, it's proper brave art kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> um, I, but, um, I do think, I mean, it's that thing as well. I, who's into Tom Gordon? Oh, I don't think there's Tom he Gordon he is missed, injured. He missed the game at the weekend. Yeah, I don't think it's, he's oh, not on the um, he's not on the unavailable list. So yeah, I think yeah. he, he might be carrying a niggle, but I don't think he's officially out he's with played, anything long term. He's played a wee, he's played a decent wee bit of rugby this season as well, and he's been certainly one of Glasgow's more active players this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he was getting a wee a wee couple of weeks off just to kind of continue yeah. things. Well, we were saying just that you had to dash off, John, but we were saying I think there's there's a few players there that haven't been called up that maybe have family overseas who want the opportunity maybe to get back. And I think you know, <laughs> looking at two weeks co- quarantine to get to New Zealand or even South Africa for someone like Jakob van der Volt, yeah. then of course you'd, you'd prefer to do that given the situation we've been in for the past 18 months than, no, than go, go and play Georgia and Romania on a, you know. Well, well that that's it as well. And there is also... We, we often think about international call-ups as being a one-way transaction, but it's it's a request to be called up and people can decline it and say, do you know what? No, I'm going to have a wee summer off. I'm going to go to the yeah. beach. I'm going to go down to Larks. <laughs> <laughs> Fight seagulls. I can imagine, I can imagine I can, uh, fighting seagulls down on Larks would be, that's a very Tom Gordon reason for not going... I am going to invite Tom Gordon down to Larks. We're going to go down. We're going to get a chippy. I'm going to fight some seagulls. Although I'm, te- I'm terrified of birds, so he'll have to fight them. But I'll be there he would, and morally support them. He'd gladly do them and probably stick the nut on them as well. Um, oh, yeah. The um, the other big omission, I suppose, is, is Rory Hutchinson, which a few people have, quite a few people have raised. And I'm, I wonder if this is down to a development thing as well that, you know, they've, they've seen what Rory Hutchison can do in a Scotland shirt in the warm-ups to the France game. And they've got a couple of other centres who ha- they haven't seen. So you've got Sienna Tupolotu, if I'm pronouncing that right, who's coming, in to, be, yep. who's coming to, into Glasgow. You've got Kyle Stain as well. Matt Scott, who hasn't played for Scotland for a few years now. So I wonder how much of it is just, well, we, we know what, you know, we know what Rory Hutchison can do, so what? We'll let, it's a development too. Let's give some other guys some caps. But but we don't really because I know. he's not played much. He's probably too. I don't know, have the official stats, but he's played less international than James Lang, I would imagine. Because James Lang started yeah. against Wales and he's Aye. he was well captain yeah. beforehand. Um, is it maybe uh, Hutchison's played? You know, he seems to be like first choice at Northampton, um, or you know. Maybe he gets rotated out every now and then, but he's certainly in the the first team squad. Uh, but it's, I find it a bit odd because um, he can do twelve and thirteen. He's a baller. He's a twelve baller, or he can like play the running thirteen effort. Uh, and you think as you know, because Tony wants a a distributor at twelve, this would be a, a fine time to. To, to see what Hutchinson can do at an international level, or maybe yeah. they just—it's well, they, 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 they did an interview, I think, during the Six Nations, where he said that he was in touch with Gregor Townsend, and Gregor Townsend had yeah. told him what he wanted to work on it, and he had a positive relationship with him. So 
it's either they're giving him a rest or he's not doing what they need him to do when he's playing for Northampton. Yeah, I, th- I think there's an element of people have talked a lot about the intensive season that it's been down south because obviously the pro whatever we've had has curtailed itself in some ways. We had an early finish to the season last season, a couple of fixtures. England have played every game. The English teams have played every game and they've really condensed their season in. And I do wonder, like Matt Scott hasn't, he's played for Leicester, he's played a decent amount for Leicester, Mm. but he didn't play last season at Leicester. Whereas Rory Hutchinson has been one of the top picks for Northampton for almost two years consecutive. And I do wonder if there's a bit of welfare thinking here with, because if we remember when Hugh Jones came over, to Scotland, he almost played two and a half years of rugby consecutively mm. because of various tours. And I do wonder if two years out from a Rugby World Cup, people are thinking, do you know what? Two years is plenty of time to work yourself into a squad. Yeah. Go, go and take a wee summer off and just do basically what New Zealand do. Have a wee sabbatical, have a wee chill. But I, I actually think, like, I'm trying to justify it, but I don't think leaving Rory Hutchinson out is unless he's put his hand up and said he's too tired, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the right move. No, no, I'd agree with that. The other one, um, Martin Bell's comment saying Ben Velicott is an interesting oh, omission. Come on. I mean, you've got Jamie Doby and you've got, I mean, it is an interesting in that he's been signed by Edinburgh and you would think that they'd want to see what he can do. Or they would want to give him the opportunity to move to Edinburgh. Possibly. Well, there's that as well, isn't there? Which is what they've talked about in previous summer tours, where they've given players off the the the, the time off to move um, and and go go to where they need to be. Um, Martin Bellos and Finlay Christie is obviously the other big image. We, see, we see, should mention. You know, if we mention Ben Velikop, we've got to mention Finlay Christie as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's actually the legally mandated uh, <laughs> scrum, <laughs> scrum, scrum <laughs> half chat. Yeah. Oh, I just I. Oh right, okay. I want to really be proven wrong, but people believe that Ben Velcott is going to be the savior of Edinburgh rugby and savior of Scottish rugby are absolutely and utterly howling at the moon. And I'm sorry, guys, but you're wrong. He's not good enough. He would have been playing for Scotland if he was good enough. He's not good enough. Let's continue, please. Yeah, it'd be interesting, especially as we discussed with Craig the other week that he's coming into Scotland to play in. Um, you know, in Richard Cockrell's oh, system. Oh, co- Cockerball. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, is really, really rewards the skills for, for his backs, <laughs> really brings them into play. I'm sure Velcott will get very good at box kicking. So, yeah, I'm convinced that's why Darcy Graham insists on throwing himself at so many rucks. It's just to kind of keep himself in the team. <laughs> If I don't throw myself into rucks, then I've got nothing else to do because the ball never comes out to the wing for Edinburgh. Redford judges me on the number of rucks I hit. I'm a winger, (laughs) but he judges me. Um, In the backs, I mean, Alan McDonald saying um, Scott's there to be the grown-up in the backs. Uh, I mean, there's enough experience in there with Hastings, Horn. I mean, Hoyland's been around the place. Kinghorn's an international Wang's played plenty. Kyle Stain is very experienced. There's plenty of grown-ups there. I think Scott's there to give him one last chance, basically. There's, there's four scrum halves in that squad as well. 
I mean, I know oh, Scott, Scott Steele not, still uh, plays anywhere. I know. Yeah, yeah. So, plays everywhere. Is this, is this the final death knell for Duncan Taylor's Scotland career? I think so. Yeah, he's off. He's off hiring out camper vans somewhere in Cornwall now. I think isn't he? That's what he's, <laughs> he seems to be doing his Instagram. Oh, um, and before you, before the guys see it, Duncan Weir is not in the squad because he's moving to Glasgow. Yeah. So just to be very clear. Well, I don't think that's the only reason. But um, Gordon <laughs> McCracken says, "Finally, Chris had a good game for the Blues over the weekend, and it led a slew of posts from Kiwis and Aussies asking why we hadn't capped him yet. The reason why is because he's not in Scotland or in the Northern Hemisphere." And we don't tend to do that because so the seasons we, all get messed up. If, you can't, we aside, if we capped him, he wouldn't be able to play Super Rugby. So we'd no. have to buy his contract. Yep. And uh, also, you can't. Uh, they, they, it's hard to get players released during the European international windows from Super Rugby as well, unless the yep. windows coincide when they only coincide in the autumn and World Cups. So I think there was some there was an interview he's done which said that pre coronavirus he was looking at a move to the northern hemisphere. I think for me, and I think we've discussed this previously, it's more likely to be the English Premiership or France yeah. than it would be Scotland. Because I don't I'm not sure where I don't think there's any room now by I mean by Edinburgh oh. or Glasgow for scrum halves. There's not any room at Glasgow, and it would be utterly devastating to see him rock up at Edinburgh and be just tortured for the season before weaving <laughs> under a cloud and going to Edinburgh and going to France. Go to Northampton. I go to yeah. Oh, we're with Dan Bigger. Yeah. Dougie says four, four scrum halves, but no space for Sam Hildal. Go Klein. You enjoy it, this one? Um, it's it's a decent point, but we know what SHC is capable of. Whereas you know you're, you're I mean, George Hodgson only got fourteen caps, and <laughs> I imagine the accumulated minutes is probably not even hit triple figures yet. Yeah, uh, but still, but still, but tries per minute is the most prolific <laughs> score he's ever seen. <laughs> that's when he's like Pentagon wheel goes massively spiking up like that. Um, <laughs> But you know, obviously, uh, Dolby and Shield—they're the, they're the hot young prospects. Um, and, and we know Scott Steele's versatility. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, yeah, I do see that. But again, it's one of these positions where we do seem to be blessed with decent depth. Yeah. Um, and is it a, a thing with Sam Double Klein? His attitude is frequently been brought into question, well, and maybe it's not people... his attitude, but maybe it's just that him and Gregor Townsend don't get on. Or there's a, yeah, there's a couple of people suggesting he's fallen down the pecking order at Exeter anyway. I think he had that great kind of turnover. He needs <laughs> that to, that's basically he needs to find a, find himself in a position where he can swap clubs like once a season, and then he have a really good, great debut season, and then he has to find another club before he finds it has a dip in form. Yeah. Is 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 the is the guy who tends yeah is the opposite of the guy who plays well when his contracts come to an end, Duncan Weir. <laughs> um, any more about that squad? We've got Gordon McCracken saying he's excited to see Cameron Henderson. I think that's I'd agree with that. Cameron Henderson. Back to our point previously. Cameron Henderson's a name that really screams to me head boy at a public school. <laughs> It says to me, like, someone said, I'm, I'm his dad, I'm Scottish. He's getting the most Scottish name possible. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Cammy William Jefferson. 
Henderson. I think Alex Craig sounds like um, the lead character in a young adult novel about a spy. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. I don't right, I'm going to get any, any more trouble about Ben Delcott. Let's let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Um let's move on to this when I can find it. Uh, yes, it is time for um, Hands in the Ruck uh, or any other business section of the podcast. I did, I am aware of a Where's Doogie Donnelly this week, and it's a magnificent one. It's from Johnny McGinty, but he sent it to the Blood and Mud podcast and not us. So yeah, um, automatically, I'm automatically ducking him points. Absolutely, yeah. Minus any start on. I'll Get tell you, anyway. he, saw, he saw Pierre Schumann. In an all you can eat buffet, skewman. Oh my god, that he went, skewman, skewman went, no, it gets better. Pierre Skewman went to the pizza counter and they said it'll be 10 minutes for your order, so he took away a buzzer. Went to the pasta counter, they said it'll be five minutes for your order, so he took a buzzer. Then he went to the salad bar, finished his salad, and then when his buzzers went off, went and got the other meals and ate them as well. Oh, unbelievable! <laughs> That's big. Oh, I love an all-you-can-eat buffet. It's good times. Yeah. Do you ever hear of a heavyweight uh, English boxer called David Price, big scouser? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, apparently, he got he get papped out of a Chinese all-you-can-eat buffet once because it was like, you've eaten too much food. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a goal, isn't it, when you go to an all-you-can-eat? Like, to actually be escorted off the premises. <laughs> Eight full plates, <laughs> apparently. Legend. <laughs> they backed a bit. Brilliant. Absolutely magnificent. Well, Johnny McGinty, you are now my hands in the ruck for your blatant disregard for you. Where, where do your loyalties lie, sir? <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, let's go for our hands in the ruck. Um, John, I'll start with you. Yeah, so... I've had a little bit of a reaction to... So, when the Scotland squad was announced the other day, uh, as we've indicated so far, there's been a, a number of, let's say, bigger name omissions and people out for a variety of reasons. And I just, I just don't get this incessant need we have as Scottish... I say we, I'm using... Very much the royal we with regards to this. Um, incessant need we have to immediately jump onto social media and jump up and down, throw our toys at the pram and ask, where's this person? Why is this person not in? It's a disgrace. This person should feel robbed. When it takes 30 seconds to just kind of walk through the idea. So it's a development tour. It's very clearly a development tour. Guess what? Premium tours don't go on tour to Romania and Georgia. Premium tours don't play A fixtures. This is not a normal tour. This is not a summer tour over to... Well, I mean, we've not even... I mean, summer tour-wise, we've not really done a big summer tour in some time. The closest we've come is maybe touring 
that quadrangular thing where we played South Africa castle, once. Yeah, that was, and that was during the two Lions tours ago. That was that was yeah, yeah, that was South Africa, Samoa, Italy, and Italy. And yep. even then, we still took hunters on capped players. Adam Ash hadn't even played for Glasgow at that point, <laughs> and he made that tour. That was a different tour. Was that a different tour? Yeah, that was the one. That was the one uh, that we went pumped. But is that that it's so fifty-six that, nil or something? We lost to South Africa that game. Ooh, that was when we went to Argentina. Is that, the, that was the US. That was Vern Oh, Cost was that not the US Argentina South, South Africa. Africa? It was we three, basically done a global tour. The Vern Cotts first. Uh, yeah, but Finn Russell made his debut. Yep. Okay, so these tours are development tours. Summer tours are not designed to be. Let's throw all our big guns out there and go and play some rugby. So, two years out from our World Cup, as we've said, we've touched on this, guys like Johnny Gray, to come onto a social media platform and go, where's Johnny Gray? Oh, he's been dropped! It's utterly bizarre and really just... Uh, it, it, it distresses me because it takes three seconds to work out why he's not there. I think as well, and also just to wait for, because the, these teams are invariably followed by one, a press conference where all the yep. journalists get to ask these questions anyway, and also a, a statement by Scottish Rugby. Where, and in the interview, you know, Mike Blair did with the official Scottish Rugby channels, he specifically said, we're giving Johnny Gray a rest. And there's a few other players who want to give a rest to as well. Yeah, he's trying to back an alley. You can't expect them to kind of like produce a list of every Scottish qualified player and start telling you why whether they're resting them, whether they've dropped them, whether they've asked them to do more work or no. not. I mean, the journalists might ask in a press conference, we'll ask specific, specific, about specific players and say, any reason why you've not picked him or... Well, that that is the absolute point. Like, if you're bleating on social media saying, where is... Like, the great one was, where's Cameron Redpath? How many times... How many people <laughs> have asked, where's Cameron... Cameron Redpath's got an ACL injury. He's out for a year. Like, it's very, very <laughs> clear where Cameron Redpath is. He's not happy right now. If you um, want to know where Cameron Redpath is, you Google him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then first, you find out what injured two weeks ago. Cameron Redpath out with ACL injury, out for calendar year. Um, it's, ah, it's really, really strange. But there's also an entitlement. I've talked to a lot about so Scottish rugby fans' entitlement, and I don't want to be disrespectful here, but... We have this expectation that we are so much more clever than everyone else that we've thought of the only player that hasn't been picked um, and that it's our outrage is somehow really unique to everything. See if you've thought of it. 10,000 other people have thought of it and 100 journalists have thought of it. And right to your point, Cammy, they've probably asked it and you'll probably hear about it. So just chill. It's fine. I mean, I think the debate's fine, isn't it? You know, the debate about I would have taken him over him. It's the the, yeah. the hysterics about I can't believe that this player's he's utter rubbish. And I was reading, reading some someone someone should feel there was a statement about someone should feel robbed that they're not <laughs> in that squad. So, what robbed that you're not getting to go and play Romania and Georgia? In pointless summer tests, aye, yes, robbed guys. <laughs> Come on, 
Uh, Martin Bell says the two is always going to be a development tour, given that we were always going to have so many away with the Lions. It looks like a well thought out development. One hundred percent, it does. It looks I like mean, a very good development squad. And there's the, there's the there's the kind of you know the line in the room as it were. As you know, we've not been in this situation for a number of years now. I mean, two thousand and nine, we didn't even do a summer tour, and we only had two players away on Lions <laughs> duty that year. We didn't bother to go on tour because they were all on two good players. Everybody else was so bad in 2009. We couldn't even bear to be without, you know, you, you and Murray and Ross Ford. Yeah. So, yeah. The, um, so, um, yes, I agree with that. I think um, that's a fair comment. Ian, your, your hands in the ruck. Um. Well, I've, I've got a number, actually, one of which stems from uh, press conferences. Yep. Neil Musagi. Uh, but I should tell you what, one that's really annoyed me. Again, they, actually, these fit together. Um, did you see Damien McKenzie's red card at the weekend? No. Uh, right. Yes, so, I did, yeah. Yeah, right. Now, it's I'm, a straight I'm red, off, isn't it, Cammy? I'm off yes. to Google it. Yeah. You Google it's, that, John. It's, uh, it's a lazy tackle, um, and he's... He's turned and leapt his shoulder into Tate McDermott's face, and Mackenzie's not a big guy, right? So you know it's not difficult for him to get a low. But he's turned and leapt into Mackenzie's face. Um, but then you had uh, on the the broadcasters uh, Sky Sky Sports in Australia, New Zealand, there was Will Genia, Michael Chaker. Um, I can't remember who else was on, but there's been other people afterwards saying that uh, they were like, oh, but he brings so much entertainment to the game. You can't red card him, you know. <laughs> we should give him some kind of leeway because he's such a fantastic player. Oh, fantastic! He might have just fractured to take me down his eye socket. But, oh, nah. but he's that. But he's that guy, so that's cool. Yeah, it's oh. a horrible tackle, isn't it? Yeah. Ouch. Um, and Brad Weber's face is amazing. He's like, "A red card, really, mate?" Uh, I'm just straight red. <laughs> um, but it's this thing, like when you have. <laughs> A, a, a press people in the press sitting there saying this and this and this it's it's this is why press conferences are so dull right now I'd, obviously no i don't imagine many of our listeners have ever sat around press conferences but they're dull um because it's the same it's the same stuff every week and the same well i mean how much is there to talk about but also one of the big things is the people in the press conferences are usually old, crusty, white dudes like me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and that's why there is this disconnect now between, or, or why players get media managed to bits, as people say, and, why, and that's why everyone gets raging about how there's no characters in the game. Because of stupid comments that are levelled like that and ad- you know, if you, any of your tennis fans or sports fans in general, if you've heard about the thing with Naomi Osaka, yep. who said she wasn't going to do press conference anymore because it was damaging to her mental health. Um, and then the sort of fight back on that, including obviously from Piers Morgan, who is a prized all the swear words you can think of. Um, <laughs> the problem isn't the sports people. It's, it's the journalists. Yeah, and the fans, right? Because of some of the rubbish that gets launched that way. See if you're wanting 
sports people to 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 be open and 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 give you you know let let you find out about who they are. Don't hit them with crap, the same crap every week because it's dull. It is dull, and some people are introverted. I mean, have you, have you ever seen Naomi Saka in a, in a press conference? Mm. She looks like the most uncomfortable human being in the universe. Yeah. Um, there needs to be a sort of middle ground in all sports, not just rugby, but um, whereby we can get access to players and learn about the players without it just being channeled in this one. You can only this. You could. We can only do this. We can only ask this. But again, like I said, there is a lot of fault that lies on journalists because they ask crap questions. There's a, an article in the Guardian by a guy called Jonathan Liu, who says. He used to go to football press conferences, and there's one guy he, he he didn't know, but he just called him first question guy, because he always just threw in. He, was, he thought his whole thing was throw in the first question, like, like all right. So how do you think that went? And that's always the same bloody thing. And you know, when I've had to do it for the offside line, you know, and I think Andy Hill from the Glasgow Hawks wants to punch me in the face quite frequently because <laughs> I, I have to walk through like, that. All right, Andy mate. Uh, Especially when they've lost, which happened quite a lot. <laughs> you know, there, there is this awkwardness, but it's. I, I think the governing bodies and the journalists have to make some kind of have to get to some middle ground, whereby we are not overly pressuring the athletes, um, and some of them just aren't comfortable speaking in front of people. I think, yeah, and I think that the, the, the a couple of the questions they were saying is, I, I think the tennis ones in particular are bad for this. And I don't know if it's because it's an individual sport, so they're not, you can't be protected in that way within a team. So yeah. like you said, you know, when we go and do the Scotland press conferences, Ian, they'll send out, you know, Gregor Townsend will always come out. You'll always get the captain, whoever the captain at the time is, will always come out. And then they'll offer up a few players and that'll depend on whether someone's one man of the match or just who they think is up to coming out and speaking to you at that point. And it's probably pre-agreed that these are the players will send out. And you can then protect players that maybe aren't in the right place mentally. Mm. It's different in tennis, sport like tennis, because there's you can't do that. You can't hide behind uh, somebody else on a team and put somebody else out if you're feeling particularly fragile. And some of the questions that they get asked is, well, why did you play so badly today? And they're quite brutal questions. And yeah. They're almost designed to get an antagonistic response. And I can see on the one side is, well, at least that that generates a headline. But on the other side is it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't encourage players to open up either. So you end up with this really kind of mutual distrust on both sides. It's actually quite interesting what they do in America. I was speaking to a friend whose dad was a, a sports photographer, I think, in America. And what they, Americans find it really weird what we do post-game, particularly in team sports, where you all sit nicely in a room in rows of chairs and somebody comes out and is put in front of a, behind a table, a tablecloth on it and some banners behind them. And it's all very formal and, you know, everyone asks a question in terms of very polite. In America, they open up the changing room and everyone just piles in and starts asking the players questions while they're stood there in their pants. <laughs> but that's the way it is. And it's like complete open access and that's just the way it's always been. And then there's like a kind of an understand, you know, that and you can get time with any player you want. And it's like, we well, can, here's half an hour, we're going to open the change rooms, in you come boys, and then out you go and you're gone. But you can then go. So I suppose it gives journalists a chance to go and speak to players that aren't going to, you know, aren't normally spoken to and 
that's just the way it is. It's not. It's not as. It's not then as kind of doesn't the pressure. I suppose isn't to have to try and get the the sound bite or the things. So I don't. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not. It's not subjecting people. I mean, I can't think of any other job where you'd be subjected to that level of. You know, it's not like you come up, you finish your day job and you've had a crap day at work and then you have to sit in behind a table in front of 20 people who are then going to ask you why you've had a crap day at work. Why yeah. were you so bad today? Why did you answer the phone in a grumpy manner? And the thing within, is, half, within half an hour as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Something that should be quite emotionally devastating. Half an hour of being utterly battered to the brink of physical exhaustion, usually. And then you're expected to be rolled up. And you've seen yourselves, like, we've all been in the press conferences. The players are literally rolled out. They're still in their kit. They're still covered in mud and blood in the works. They're you can no hear them with their studs clanking off the... Aye, you know, they're yeah. still their studs, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for every, for every Tom Gordon, for every Finn Russell, you've got your Fraser Browns. You've got your Xanders, the quieter guys. And there has to be a balance. There has to be an understanding that... Like, Fraser, Fraser Brown's an excellent orator. He's an excellent, but yeah. he doesn't like it. And well, I remember can... the first first one I was at, Fraser Brown was ruled out, and I'm not going to name names, but some prominent Scottish journalists, when we heard that Fraser Brown was being offered up for an interview, they were like, oh no, dull Fraser. So it's you know because it, because he's not a headline maker. He's not a. I'm going to say but, stuff that's going to give you like all your 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 brilliant headlines. But he is when we talk about context. But he is when he's in a one to one situation and he's done yeah. some really brilliant interviews, exactly. and really good exactly. interviews where he's kind of sat and talked, sat down and talked with somebody. I yeah. think then there's there's not that immediacy after a game. I think that's part Correct. of the problem. That's things I, I hate. I hate the the on pitch interviews after a game. Oh, they're, they're completely yeah. pointless. I mean, I know you know the Sonia McLaughlin thing. I think she had, yeah, a lot of sympathy for Sonia McLaughlin that Owen Farrell interview. She had to ask those questions, and I, I can at the same time I can understand why he was annoyed at the time with the way that he answered them. No, neither but, but, it's Farrell, so. but it's Owen Farrell, I know. But it's you know what I don't see see what you get from interviewing a losing captain and a losing coach immediately after a game has finished. Maybe the losing think- coach up a tunnel 20 minutes before you're due to end the broadcast after you've analysed the game. Fair yeah. enough. They'll have said, time to go away, get their head straight and come back. Now, we also had Greg Laidlaw one where he's pulled off the pitch in the quarterfinal, you know, and asking to react to, you know, what was a pretty gutting situation. Yeah. What, what you get is the potential for a headline, a really, really inflammatory headline, and that's what they're trying to create, and it's really bad. Yeah. It's, it's it's the manner in which the questions are asked, which or the, the things that are worded is a major thing. And this is this is something that journalists need to learn. I mean, there's uh, you know Coco Golf again. This is going back to Zenith because of this whole thing with Naomi Saka. Coco Golf was asked a couple of years ago. It's like, uh, oh, you get compared to Serena Williams a lot. Is that just because you're black? And just I mean, for great. If I was in that room, I would just turn around and stare at a guy and go off. Fucking seriously, or you, or you would stand you up and go, oh, no, interview's over. Bye, guys. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, at least I've done, I've fulfilled my media commitment of being here, but I'm not answering that dumbass question. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's these stupid questions that give a that, that prevent people from actually getting insight, and that's yeah. why the media, uh, you know, the, the media teams uh, protect 
athletes and, and players so much. And it is with interesting. Osaka, like, with Osaka, could Osaka not have been asked, like, if she didn't want to do it? Because they have to go in on their own. Could you not be yeah. like, can I take, can I bring my coach or or someone with me to help, or can he answer the questions on my or behalf? Can you get, or can you give me an hour after the game? Can yeah. I do it an hour after? And is that okay? was, you know what was like hilarious in a in a oh my god, I can't believe they've done this. Uh, after they'd said after all the Grand Slam committees had said they would consider throwing her out of all tournaments after that, uh, they. The guy who made the statement refused to take questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he makes a statement and then goes, "Name your questions. I'm off." Well, welcome <laughs> to welcome to upper class white man sport Ian. entitlement. Entitlement. It's that thing as well, though. That's and that's that's what you get, isn't it? You if you're going to force people to um, do that, you're going to end up with a Marshall and Lynch situation. That I mean, we we this I think about a year ago when we were practicing for the last big club dinner, we were playing clips of Marshall and Lynch where he That's was right. getting fined so many times by the NFL for for his behavior and for not engaging with post-match interviews that he just turned up and said, I'm just here so I don't get fined. And that's how he answered every single question. And that's yep. where we're moving to in sport is you're going to have guys come out saying, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here. So, you know, and that's that's all you're going to get in return. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a balance, isn't it, between you need to get some of need to be more opportunity for access to players on a one to one basis. It's probably more kind and gentle with with like Ian was saying, like with with coaches or somebody else present to manage it, rather than these. I've we've got half an hour to try and get headline guys bombard this person with questions until they throw something back at you that you can then use as clickbait. I think we've ultimately got to go back to the whole concept of what you said, Cammy, is absolutely spot on. What are these men and women, literally girls and boys in some case, you know, think of Coco Golf getting interviewed at 15. What are these people's job? What is you know, to quote to quote 300, what is your profession? They are sports people. They are not there to be you know, their job is to go and play tennis. Their job is to play rugby. Their job is to go and do their fitness work in the gym. Their job is not to give journalists clickbait. Yeah. And there is a mistrust of the media because of the way, and I think it probably has stemmed from from football in some ways because the football journalists have been quite provocative at times, but tennis journalists are terrible for it. Rugby's going that way as well. There is a mistrust of the media. There's always been a mistrust of the media. And we've we've even seen it in, in those rooms. You see that there is an atmosphere. That's not how it should be. It should be a mutual exchange of publicity. And it's not that. Their job is to go and play rugby. I think we really need to remember that. Yeah. Well. Grrr. I think we've won that out, haven't we? What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, this uh, The official Pro 14 podcast seems to have a real authentic. Well, there's no Scottish people on that, is there? No. Funny no. that. I think you should go on it. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. They're scared of me, that's all. Because <laughs> you've, you've got a glorious beard, son. Uh, I, I don't beard a lot of them. All, all, all of them put together. 
<laughs> there's no evolution. There's no beard evolution on uh, on that on the four fourteen podcast. Is there? <laughs> does, does Everyone knows. Would I be at the top or the bottom of the evolutionary <laughs> scale? <laughs> you know, uh, I think maybe at the moment you would possibly be at the top actually because you're slightly more bearded than me. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I've been trimming. Speaking of I've trimming, been trimming speaking of trimming, <laughs> oh yes, we are sponsored by Manscaped. I thought I'd leave it to the end this week. Yeah. Um, rather than doing the top, because we talk about the Doddmaster, we are sponsored by Manscaped.com. If you go to manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby, then you can get 20% off uh, a range of male grooming products. They've got ball deodorants, they've got ball toner, they've got clippers, they've got nose trimmers, they've got lovely, beautiful, um, what do you call, wash bags? Oh, it's, all a, your, it's a travel bag. Travel bag. The, the, um, the trimmer for your downstairs area. You can use it elsewhere. John has used it on his head. I've trimmed my, trimmed my beard with it. I haven't also trimmed downstairs with it. I should, I should add, um, I am hygienic. But you can use it in water. It is waterproof. I would add that as well. It's got a wee light on, USB chargeable. Um, so you can you know, you know, can get 20% off. Give it a go. Like I said, the world's opening up again. You know, And you want to go and make yourself presentable when you go back out there as well. So so visit manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby or go to manscaped.com com and use the code SRP and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. You can also support the podcast by signing up to the Patreon for uh, as little as £3 a month. That will get you in the Richie Vernon Thunderdome. Uh, in return, you get ad-free versions of the podcast, a little mini pod where we take out all the uh, discussions about manscaping and um, <laughs> non-rugby chat. Um and you can also get exclusive monthly content. So at some point this month, we're going to be doing our uh, hardest players, Scottish players of the 2000s. So that'll be going out at some point this month. Um, and we'll also do other bits and bobs as well. We've got a super secret social media group you can be part of. If you pay £5 a month, you get your name read out on the podcast and you're in the Doogie Donnelly members lounge. So there's that as well. Um, that's it from us for this week, though. We've got nothing else to talk about. We've run it out dry. We're back next week to maybe review Ember up Vios if it goes ahead. Who knows at this stage? We'll either be there, there to talk about that or talk about something. We'll find something else to talk about next John week. John referenced Queen's the Stone Age earlier, so no one knows. Yeah. No one knows. <laughs> no That's a beautiful ending. Ian. Beautiful ending. And so for the moment, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from John and Ian. Cheerio. Bye, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>